As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we are in revolution. Uh, We're letting God's Word revolutionize our thoughts on what love really is. Uh, Two weeks ago, we saw how uh, what God's Word says about loving God. Uh, Last week, we looked at what it means to love our spouse. Uh, And today, we're going to look at what it means to love our kids. Uh, Now, I know what you're probably thinking. But Pastor Stephen, you don't have any kids. How do you have anything to say about this topic? And it's a good point, and it's one that I thought you might be thinking. Uh, And so that's what makes what I'm about to announce so exciting. Uh, I knew this topic was coming up, and so I waited until today to make this announcement. God's Word has a lot to say on on raising kids and loving kids. Wendy, did you think I was going to say that Anne was pregnant? (laughs) 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 Right. Uh, but seriously, uh, no, Anne is not pregnant. But God's Word does have a lot to say on, on what it means to love our kids. Uh, and that's why it's so great about relying on God's Word, right? Uh, it doesn't matter what our feelings are. It doesn't matter what we've been through or what we haven't been through. Because God's Word is true no matter what. Now, just because I don't have kids uh, doesn't mean that I don't observe. I've been observing parents and in, in their interactions with kids for a very long time. Not judging, I just observe it. Um, it's like anything. Uh, and I've seen different parents show love different ways. Uh, there's no parent who would say, I don't love my kids. Parents just don't say that. <laughs> but love is, all show- love is shown differently. I've seen parents who, who think that showing love is being strict with their kids. Uh, that way they stay out of trouble. I've seen the parent who shows love by pushing their kids so that they can reach their full potential. I've seen parents who who think that loving their kids is is being uh, more friends with your kids. I've seen parents and grandparents alike who believe that loving your kids is spoiling them. Uh, That's my grandma, and there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But that's just another way of showing love. But are we loving our kids, are you loving your kids, uh, the way that God's Word says to love your kids? And so let's explore that today. Here's your first point in your worship folder. Because I love my kids, I will teach them what matters. In the book book of Deuteronomy, uh, the Israelites were about to enter the Promised Land. And here's what we're told. God says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Uh, The Israelites were about to enter the Promised Land. Um, Remember, they left Egypt. And they've been wandering in the wilderness uh, for about 40 years. They were about to enter the land of Canaan. Uh, If you're looking at a map, uh, you've got to the west is the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, You've got Jerusalem in the south. Then on the east, you've got uh, the Dead Sea, the Jordan River, and then at the north, the Sea of Galilee. All of this land is the promised land of Canaan. The Israelites are about to enter it, and they are about to experience more physical blessings than they've ever experienced before. They're not even going to know what to do with all the physical blessings that are in this land. And so God says, as you're going in, 
Let's have a reminder. Remember what's important. Teach your kids what's important. And what's important? It's God's Word, right? Last week I was in Houston uh, at a conference and I was able to uh, visit with the pastor that I did my internship for. He was filling me in all about his kids, his family, uh, and his youngest is now a kindergartner. His name's Daniel. And at the beginning of this year, Daniel comes home and says to his wife, Amy, Daniel says, Mommy, we need to have a talk. And Amy says, Okay, Daniel, what, what's up? And he said, Mommy, I am the only kid that brings apples to snack time. All the other kids bring candy bars, chips, and fruit snacks. Mommy, I need candy bars, fruit snacks, or chips. Without even looking up, his sister, who is sitting at the table doing homework, says, Get used to it, Daniel. You will always be the kid with apples at snack time. <laughs> Amy wasn't going to give in to the pressure of her kids. She wasn't going to give in to the pressure of what other parents were doing. Why? Because she was teaching her kids what was important for their bodies, and that was eating apples and fruit and not junk food. Parents, you have a lot of pressure on you in today's society, don't you? You have pressures to give your kids the best opportunities. You have the pressure of putting them on the best sports team so that they progress and get better. You have the pressures of giving them the best toys, the best video games, the best clothes. You have the pressure of saving for their college so that you can afford to put them in a good college. You have the pressures of throwing the best birthday parties. You have all kinds of pressures around you. And yet, are you teaching them what's really important? None of those things are wrong. None of those pressures are wrong. If you're doing those things, that's fine. But are you teaching them what's really important? What are you teaching your children about the importance of church as you sleep in and skip Sunday morning? What are you teaching your kids about the importance of Bible study and prayer at home? Kids like to mimic what they, what they see their parents do, especially when they're young. Do your kids see you doing Bible study at home? Do they see you reading the Bible? Praying? You see, uh, uh, children do what their parents do. And it's the parents' job to teach them what matters. I heard a line last week, and it was very, very powerful. Uh, and so if you've been tuned out until now, Check in, because this is important. (laughs) God has blessed you with a lot of gifts. He's blessed you with a lot of physical blessings. And yet the only gift that you can take to heaven with you are your kids. That's the only gift you can take to heaven with you. Your cars, sports, your money, your possessions, your success, your career. None of those things you can take to heaven with you. But your kids, you can So teach them what matters. And you know God's Word matters because you've experienced the peace that comes with knowing Jesus, right? You've experienced the peace of knowing what it means that your sins are forgiven. The guilt is taken off of your shoulders. You know that feeling. 
You know the peace that's in your heart knowing that this life of sorrows is not all that there is, but that the eternal joys of heaven are waiting for you. You know the joy that fills your heart of knowing that God wants you. And He proved that He wants you by sending His Son to die for you. You know what that's like to be included, to be wanted. And that's all true for your kids. So teach them what matters. Teach them about God's Word. Read the Bible with them. Read the Bible on your own and and show them. Pray with them. I know you love your kids. And because you do, teach them what matters. But also because you love your kids, you will discipline them. In the New Testament, the the writer to the Hebrews says this, And you have... And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when He rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one He loves and He chastens everyone He accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as His children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? A lot of times we think of discipline as a bad thing, don't we? Uh, especially in today's culture, it just seems the word discipline isn't, very, uh, isn't a, an accepting word. But look what this says. The Lord disciplines those He loves. What is the purpose of the Lord's discipline? It's to bring us back onto the right path, right? Uh, because we aren't living as children of God should live. And so He disciplines us to bring us back. What would be more loving of God to do? To discipline us and bring hardship into our life and bring us back to the right path? Or watch as we walk into the flames of hell? Because that's what we would be doing, right? Parents, grandparents, your children have been placed into your care and God wants you to raise them in the Lord. And that means sometimes you have to discipline them. And sometimes discipline comes with consequences. But disciplining is always helping the child. It's for the benefit of the child to help them make right choices in the Lord, to live a life for Jesus. Again, what those consequences are, are up to you. But those consequences are always for the future betterment of the child. Not out of the parent's anger. One of my favorite uh, Christmas movies is A Christmas Story. Raise your hand if you've seen that movie. Just about everyone. There's one scene in the Christmas story uh, where Ralphie, who the whole movie is about this kid Ralphie who wants a Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. And there's one scene where they blow out a tire when they're driving and his mom says, Ralphie, why don't you go help your dad change the tire? So he's out there, he's holding what I think is a hubcap uh, and uh, his dad's putting the nuts into the hubcaps, uh, into the hubcap. Uh, It's dark out and all of a sudden, Ralphie's dad uh, hits the hubcap and the nuts go flying onto the ground and then Ralphie says it. He says the word, the most naughty word, the F word. 
The next scene is Ralphie in the bathroom with a bar of soap in his mouth. And his mom comes in and says, now where did you hear that word? And, and Ralph, we're told as the audience that Ralphie had heard it from his dad. But he didn't want to throw his dad under the bus, so he said, I heard it from Schwartz. His mom says, okay. Calls up Mrs. Schwartz and says, Mrs. Schwartz, do you know what Ralphie just said? He just said the F word. And Mrs. Schwartz says, what? No. And she, go, she goes, do you know where Ralphie heard that word, Mrs. Schwartz? He heard it from your son. What? No. You hear her stomping and then opens up a door and then just gives Schwartz an old-fashioned whooping. And you hear, over the smacks, Schwartz yell, Ma, what did I do? What did I do, Ma? There in that scene, you have two types of discipline, don't you? One, the child knew what he did. He knew that his mom was uh, disciplining him for his good. Even though it didn't seem so good, he had a bar of soap in his mouth. The other one had no idea what was going on. All he knew was that he was being beat. All that uh, discipline did was instill fear into him. Parents, you have been given the responsibility to discipline your children, to raise them to make right choices for the Lord. You see, when your child is born into the world, they are born sinful. They are conceived sinners. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the sinful mind is hostile to God. So what that means is that your child cannot make good choices for the Lord without faith being worked into their heart. And even then, Satan is attacking your child to try and pull them away from the way of the Lord. The Lord wants you to raise your children in the Lord. And sometimes that means disciplining them. And yes, that means that uh, there are consequences, but those consequences are up to you. But, a word about the consequences. Always discipline them in light of Jesus. Lead them to Jesus' love and forgiveness. Lead them to the cross. Show them that Jesus took the punishment that they deserved. Show them that Jesus was punished and that they will no longer be punished by God. Lead them into love and forgiveness. And then look to correct future behavior. Jesus has paid for their sins just like He's paid for yours. They don't need to be punished for their sins. They need to just be corrected and be led. Remember, Disciplines always for the betterment of your child as they are raised in in the way of the Lord. Just like it wouldn't be loving uh, for God to watch us walk into hell, it's not loving for us to sit back and say, well, I'm going to let them figure it out. No. Discipline them. Assist them as they grow up in the Lord. Because you love your kids. And you want them to be in heaven. Number three. Because I love my kids, I will show and tell them I love them. Did you know that even God the Father told Jesus that He loved Him? He declared it publicly. 
In Matthew chapter 3, uh, Jesus was being baptized, and as He came up out of the water, the heavens opened up and God spoke from heaven. And this is what He said. A voice from heaven said, This is My Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. Even God the Father told His Son, and He declared it publicly that He loved Him. And so my question for you is this. What are you saying to your kids? What are you saying that uh, lets them know that you love them? What are you saying to others about your kids? What are you saying to them without actually saying it? In other words, what are your actions showing your kids? Are you saying you love them with your mouth, but your actions show that they're a burden to you? Or do they know you love them? What I love about this verse is the fact that it wasn't just spoken for Jesus' sake. It was spoken for your sake. And it was spoken for my sake. You see, we are sinful human beings, aren't we? We need a perfect substitute. We need a perfect life in order to get into heaven. And Jesus knew that. And He looked down from heaven and He said, you need a perfect life? I'm going to give you mine. And so when God the Father says to Jesus, this is my Son whom I love, with Him I am well pleased, we know that God is really speaking to us as well. Because Jesus said, you need a perfect record? Here, take mine. Take mine. And so what's true for Jesus is true for you. Your record no longer has your, your long list of sins. No, your record is now clean because Jesus' record is yours. And so when you read this, you can really think, God is speaking to you. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my daughter, whom I love. With her I am well pleased. You will make mistakes as a parent. You will. You will sin and make mistakes. But remember that God doesn't see those mistakes. He sees what Jesus' perfect record is. And what His record is, is your record. And what your record is, is also what your kid's record is. Because Jesus did this for them too. Let that love that God has for you fill your heart and show it to your kids and tell them how much you love them. Because you do. Finally, what are we taking home? The same thing that we've taken home the last two weeks, we're going to close with this week. Because I love my kids, I will guard their heart. Proverbs 4.23 Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I know, it is crazy to think about, and it's sad and scary, and you don't want to think about it, but Satan is working on your little babies. Satan is working on even your little infants. And what is he trying to do? The same thing he tries to do to, do to you every single day. He's trying to pull you away and pull them away from Jesus. And so how do you guard their hearts? Lead them to the gospel. Preach the gospel. Speak the gospel. Even though an infant can't understand you, it's not reliant on them to understand you. God the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to work faith in their heart when the gospel is preached. We will not limit God. 
And God's Word says, this is how faith has worked. And so we preach the Gospel. Because every time you preach the Gospel to them, every time you bring them to church and they hear the Gospel, you do a Bible study at home and read the Gospel, you're in Sunday school and you read the Gospel, the walls of the Gospel are built up around their heart and that forces Satan out. Guard their hearts. Parenting is hard. Sometimes it seems like an uphill battle, doesn't it? Rely on Jesus' love and forgiveness. Rely on the Gospel. Find strength and comfort from Him that you may show and tell your children how much you love them. Amen. Please stand. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for our children. We're thankful for the gift of them. And we ask You to help us and give us strength that we may raise them to live lives for You, that we may join them in heaven where we sing praises to You every single day for eternity. Amen.